looking for another topic to do a podcast episode about, and I saw a recent New York Times article headline, and it caught my attention. It read, abuse and racism accusations bring hashtag MeToo moment to Northwestern. With what I know about the hashtag MeToo movement, it sparked alarm bells in my head, and that this must be bad. It also must be really bad if the New York Times is writing an article about this. From alleged hazing, to racism, to sexual abuse, and to the firing of two coaches, it's as bad as it sounds, and all of this is coming to light right now. The New York Times article that I just mentioned was released on July 28th, just a few days ago. So I want to catch you up with all that I could find that led up to this article being released and provide a bit of context for some that are like me and not really into sports. This is also where I will give a disclaimer that everything I mention is alleged and no one is guilty of the detailed incidents unless that guilt is proven in court. It's up to you to do your own research or take what I say today and form your own opinion. I'd also like to give a trigger warning for the following topics I will discuss racism, sexual abuse, physical violence, and mental health. If any of these topics are not helpful for you right now, pause this episode and come back to visit me for an episode that will be better suited for what you need right now. Welcome to That's So Disturbing, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. And I hope this episode encourages you to stay updated on what's happening with Northwestern University, support the victims who have bravely come forward, and question what could be happening at other universities. So before I dive into what's happening today, I want to give you a little bit of context and some history behind Northwestern University because I didn't know much about this and I know nothing about sports. So Northwestern University is a private research university in Evanston, Illinois. It is the oldest chartered university in Illinois, established in 1851. Now, what's a charter university? Now, a charter university is not a commonly used term, but it may refer to a university that has been established or recognized through a charter issued by an authority. The concept of a charter is widely used for primary and secondary schools where public charter schools operate independently and are publicly funded. However, it's important to note that universities and charter schools are different, and the term charter university is not widely used in the context of higher education. Another term that I saw frequently um, was that the Northwestern University is part of this Big Ten Academic Alliance. I I did not know what that meant. So if you don't either, that's okay, because I'm going to tell you. It is considered the nation's foremost model for effective collaboration among research universities. Over more than half a century, these world-class institutions have forwarded their academic missions, created unique opportunities for students and faculty, and contributed to the common good. They do this by sharing expertise, leveraging resources on their campuses, and collaborating on innovative programs. This alliance is governed and funded by the provosts of the member universities. The mandates of the Big Ten Academic Alliance are coordinated by a dedicated staff from their headquarters 
in Champaign, Illinois. Northwestern University is the only private university in this alliance. The school has a 94% graduation rate, a 7% acceptance rate, and the average annual cost after financial aid is $28,000 according to the school website. However, before financial aid, every year it's a whopping $83,000. When I googled Northwestern University, a common question that popped up in that little box that you see on Google of what other people are searching for, was what GPA do you need to get into Northwestern? According to prepscholar.com, to have the best shot of getting in, you should aim for the 75th percentile with a 1540 SAT or 35 ACT score. You should also have a 4.1 GPA or higher. If your GPA is lower than this, you need to compensate with a higher SAT or ACT score. Now, keep in mind, the highest score you can get for the SAT is a 1600, and the highest you can get on the ACT is a 36. So after I read that, I wasn't entirely shocked that I had not <laughs> known about this school because there was no way that this was ever going to be on my radar. I don't even think in another lifetime would this school have occurred to me to ever think about. And to wrap up this kind of tiny, tiny history of Northwestern University and why this is such a big deal, here's a little introduction from some of the current staff and students on campus. Northwestern welcomes students from all over the world to campus. Our undergraduate students, about 8,000 in total, um, hail from all 50 states and more than 95 countries, and they bring with them to our campus every conceivable background and identity and preference and belief system that you can name. So when we talk about wanting to welcome a diverse student body to Northwestern, it's not just so that we can share some of these statistics on a slide. It's because when you come to Northwestern as a student, you will learn as much from your peers and from your classmates as you will from your faculty members. And you will also get to teach them from your own perspective and your own unique background. That kind of, of learning that comes when you get to know your classmates and you get to know them as you're working on meaningful projects together is really transformative. And so we do everything that we can here in our classrooms to support that kind of engagement between you and your classmates. And the first step to doing that is to keeping our classes small. So this is a really personalized academic environment. Most of the classes that you'll be in here at Northwestern are going to enroll fewer than 20 students. And as you can see on the slide, we have a six to one student to faculty ratio. Northwestern is a place where you will get to know your faculty members and they will get to know you. They will become mentors and, and, and sources of support for you throughout your academic journey. Now, I want to give you a complete rundown of what led up to that New York Times article being published on July 28th and why this is such a massive, massive deal and why this is so scary. Released on July 7th, 2023, Northwestern announced actions to prevent hazing following a football investigation. They also published an executive summary of what they were finding in this hazing investigation. Northwestern University hired an independent law firm to investigate these claims. Maggie Hickey, the lead investigator on the case, interviewed dozens of people and thoroughly looked through the claims starting in December of 2022. On July 7th this year, 
This is when Northwestern released their statement about her and the law firm's findings. As a remedy to this situation, the university decided to take these precautions, and I've summarized what their next steps would be. Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach, would be put on a two-week suspension effective immediately. All football practices in Wisconsin are canceled. Locker room monitoring would occur by a person who is not affiliated with the football staff. They would create an anonymous forum to submit incidents for students. There would be anti-hazing training. They would improve overall training, communication, and enforcement efforts. They would, quote unquote, better utilize the surveys completed by student athletes and work with the NCAA and Big Ten Conference to clean up basically all of the rules that they have in place and what they're supposed to adhere to being a part of these giant institutions. Then July 8th, the day after, a former Northwestern University football player details out these hazing allegations. And this is in the Daily Northwestern publication. An anonymous source, a former football player, initially reported his experiences directly to the university in November 2022. As a form of punishment for inadequate performance during practice, players were selected to participate in quote-unquote running. So this was the term that they used to describe this punishment. This running included eight to ten other players who were typically upperclassmen, and they would restrain the punished player wear these masks, the same ones that they wear in the Purge movie, if you've ever heard of it, and then dry hump them in a dark locker room. Now, this wasn't happening every now and then, not that it would make it okay, but to add some emphasis to this, it was happening all the time. That term, quote unquote, running, plagued the team. On a whiteboard, they had made nicknames like Runsgiving, like Thanksgiving, Runsmas, like Christmas, and an additional code called the Shrek list. The players who are subjected to running are identified by those upperclassmen who do a certain Shrek clap. The coach, Pat Fitzgerald, has also been allegedly seen performing the same gesture, and it sparked the question in this source and others that maybe the coach was in on this. Now, I don't know a lot about this Shrek list and the Shrek clap. I could not find any detailed videos or information on it, but it sounds like this was what was used to identify who was in trouble or who was gonna be punished. And there was a clap, like actual clapping done over the head of a football player. And it was, allegedly seen that the coach who I mentioned is as of July 7th on suspension. So along with this running punishment, this anonymous source also added that there were other types of punishment, such as they would be forced to strip naked and run across a room or get into this bear crawl position and run across a room as well. This was all happening naked. They would also take those little resistance bands that you use while working out and pretend to be, I shouldn't say pretend, they would like reenact being a human slingshot 
and be thrown across the room with these bands. Also naked. Then there was the event called the quote unquote car wash, where naked players would stand in the entrance or a doorway of the showers to this locker room. They would spin, mimicking those giant spinning cloth rollers at a car wash. If you've seen them, they spin around and around to get the soap on your car and distribute the water. So these players would be naked and mimic those spinning rollers. Imagine one person on the left side of a doorway or an entrance, and then another person on the right side. As they spun, other naked players would be forced to run in between the spinning men and then spray down with a hose. Then there was the naked quarterback exchange. I don't know much about sports. I've said that. So I had to look up this particular position and it's called an under center snap position. But that's that one you see in like movies and TV shows, I feel like all the time where a player is like bent over at the start of a game. (laughs) I don't know where they start it and when they're supposed to do this position, but they, they start the game off like this and they're bent over with the football between their legs and it's below them. So this player would be bent over and then there's someone behind him ready for the ball. And I think that's that phrase like 10 hut. I don't know much about that, but it doesn't matter because this is obscene. So they would have to do that position, like that kind of movement and football play, but completely naked. So then they also had a Gatorade shake challenge where they would have to drink as many Gatorade shakes as they could in under 10 minutes. At the end of this article in the Daily Northwestern, the source ends with, my goal in reporting these details is to shed light on the harsh severity of this program and just absolutely inhumane traditions and activities that go on in our program. Also released on that same day, July 8th, 2023, there's a press release that comes out from Northwestern University themselves. In this notice from Northwestern University, they provide an update on a hazing investigation concerning the university's football program. An anonymous complaint from a student athlete in November 2022 prompted a comprehensive review by an independent investigator. The confidential report corroborated that hazing had occurred, but found no direct evidence that the head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, was aware of the hazing. Nevertheless, the letter states that the head coach is responsible not only for what happens within the program, but also for upholding an institutional commitment to the student experience. Then, on July 10th, 2023, there's some stuff that comes out about the head baseball coach, Jim Foster. A prominent radio station, 670 The Score, had nine sources come to them alleging bullying and verbal abuse. Some of these allegations included discouraging players from seeking medical attention from their injuries. So I want to reiterate, these are the allegations against the head baseball coach now. The coach was also alleged to have been making racially insensitive comments, inappropriate remarks to a female staff member telling her that she shouldn't be on the field because he didn't want his players staring at her ass and that she should stay in the press box to take notes. 
He refused to attend a mandatory diversity training program. And one player said that as punishment, he was forced to run for an entire two and a half hour practice last fall. And that was sent in as an HR complaint filed against his coach. As if it couldn't get any worse. When they confronted him about these allegations, Jim chose to respond by saying that the other coaches are just jealous of him and they probably want his job. And the players are maybe not good enough and are just making excuses or are disgruntled. Maybe it's how they were raised. Could be any of that stuff, he said. Now, Jim was hired by Northwestern in June 2022. Apparently, he has a glowing record of wins at the other universities he's coached at. I'll be honest, I don't care to detail out his quote-unquote successes as a coach, now seeing what price it probably took to get him to where he is now. This has also brought light to some other horrible things tied to this head baseball coach. This type of behavior didn't start at Northwestern. Back in October of 2011, He was the coach of the University of Rhode Island, and when a player died after a strength and conditioning workout session, the family filed a wrongful death suit and settled for $1.45 million. So I don't know much about Jim Foster. Um, I saw where he had been coaching at other schools, but I don't know much about sports and I don't really care to list out his entire resume that does not justify this alleged way that he is deciding to coach um, his baseball players. Now, on that same day, July 10th, more players come forward to the Daily Northwestern publication. Three former football players came forward to speak about the enablement of racism that plagued in the sports team. One of those is named Ramon Diaz Jr., a Latino offensive lineman who played for the team in 2005 through 2008. He told the publication he felt like he had to act white and do what he needed to do in order to feel accepted or in a way he wanted to blend in better with the team. So finding a way that he would not get mistreated Um, and he saw that the white kids weren't getting mistreated. One of the other players who spoke in this interview, that is anonymous, played with the team through 2009. He recalled that the head coach would ask black players to cut their hair so they could fall more in line with what he considered, that coach, what he considered the wildcat way. An anonymous player commented on this, noting that this was not required of the white players. Now back to Ramon Diaz. He emerged from this trauma and sought mental health support after leaving the school. He was diagnosed with PTSD and struggled with recurring flashbacks. He avoided watching football for five years after leaving the school as seeing this would trigger many of those traumatic memories. But through those trying times, Diaz has continued to think of others and He let this path lead him to becoming a clinical therapist. While I was reading this article, I felt so heartbroken that one, remember I said that he played for the team in 2005. So 
since then, he took it upon himself to get help and he chose to continue to focus on other people. And he made a profession out of this, despite how awful it was. And now, now he's chosen to speak out of this and not remain anonymous. He is putting his name behind this. He is being honest and open about truly traumatic and degrading things that happened allegedly on this team. So these three players um, in this interview that I'm continuing to mention, they added some other racist encounters that they experienced while being on the team. So Diaz said that he was forced to shave the phrase or I guess holiday Cinco de Mayo, like the letters in his hair. Um, The former offensive line coach tried to make a racist joke asking Diaz for advice on how to clean a room and how his family probably knows how to do that well. Diaz witnessed a coach tell a black teammate to not wear a certain hat anymore because he quote unquote, wasn't in the hood anymore, and that he had a quote unquote gangster walk. One player asked another black teammate to show him how quote unquote monkeys act. Offense was the offense part of the team was mostly white and the defense side of the team was mostly black. And again, I don't know much about sports, but They said in this interview that it felt like the team was basically segregated and they split up this offense and defense. They didn't say that it was intentionally done that way, but because it was how it was done and that's what was happening, they felt alienated and segregated. All three in this interview confirmed the car wash hazing protocol that I had mentioned earlier. So that was released on July 10th, that same day, same day, Northwestern University releases another statement. This is written by none other than the president of the university, Michael Schill. He lays out that the football coach has been fired. So they are canning the two-week suspension now. That happened a couple days ago, prior, I should say, not a couple days before today, but a couple days before that July, this July 10th release comes out. So he's been fired after he, the president of this university, received numerous allegations of this hazing culture that could have been going on for years. The university has been conducting its own investigation, and while there's no concrete evidence that Fitzgerald knew or was a part of the alleged hazing practices, The president just didn't see a way that he wouldn't have known about this. He's also claimed that he himself, the president, was unaware of the details up until recently and has spoken with some of the students and their families. Now, (laughs) one part of this statement that I found interesting because I would assume that these these press releases or these statements that come out from the university themselves have a ton of eyes on them, right? Like Michael, President Michael of this university isn't just sticking this out there after he puts it up in a Word doc, like people are looking this over. 
So there's this one bullet point statement in this release. I'll let you decide what you think of it. It reads this. The hazing included forced participation, nudity, and sexualized acts of a degrading nature in clear violation of Northwestern policies and values. I am grateful that, to my knowledge, no student suffered physical injury as a result of these behaviors. I'm going to leave you with that. I thought, that, yeah, I'll leave you with that. <laughs> okay, Michael. So, same day of this release, um, ESPN decides to chime in. The first lawsuit in response to Northwestern's hazing issues filed this Tuesday won't be the last. What we know about cases like this is that once somebody comes forward, uh, it does give a little bit more uh, confidence, a little bit more cover for others to come forward. And so there is strength in numbers. Patrick Salvi and Parker Steiner represent the anonymous former football player who was on the Wildcats roster from 2018 to 2022. They say they've spoken already to roughly a dozen former Northwestern athletes from various sports who may join the complaint. From the conversations we've had, it seems like the athletic department at a whole was culturally tainted that permitted hazing, sexual harassment, racial discrimination. A separate group of former players announced Monday they are working with attorney Ben Crump to file similar claims. Crump told ESPN that as of Tuesday afternoon, he represents 13 clients that plan to sue the school soon. We fully expect to have Northwestern University be a precedent-setting situation that says to colleges and universities all across America that you will be held accountable if you allow young people to have to endure this physical uh, abuse and this severe psychological trauma. The lawsuit filed Tuesday claims that former head coach Pat Fitzgerald took part in the harassment, hazing, bullying, assault, and or abuse of athletes. The player also names athletic director Derek Gregg, the school's two most recent presidents, and the entire board of trustees as defendants. Fitzgerald has repeatedly denied any involvement in or knowledge of the hazing. A law firm hired by the school to investigate the initial allegations said it found no evidence that Fitzgerald was involved or aware. Well, as the head coach, he's responsible for anything under his program. And some of the individuals that we've spoken with have shared that collaboration as far as his involvement, his knowledge, maybe not his orders, but certainly him being aware of it and allowing that conduct in his locker room, on his team, within his program. A university spokesman told ESPN that Northwestern would not comment on pending litigation. He added, however, that the school has already taken several actions to try to eliminate hazing in the future. And at a press conference tomorrow morning in Chicago, several former players are scheduled to speak about their experience at Northwestern. This would make them the first former Wildcats to use their names when making hazing accusations against the program. For ESPN, I'm Dan Murphy. I never even go into ESPN before this. So... Patty Pat, Pat Fitzgerald's um, head coach has just been fired. And um, in a statement to ESPN, Pat expressed surprise over his employment termination by Northwestern University after initially agreeing on a two-week unpaid suspension. 
Now, Pat served as a head coach for 17 seasons, achieving a 110 to 101 record. I don't know what that means. And becoming the most successful football coach in school's history. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2008. I'm putting that there for people that care. I personally don't. So Fitzgerald had devoted over 26 total seasons to the program as a player, an assistant, and a head coach. So he's not new. He's been around the block a couple times, and he guided the school to five of its six bowl wins in program history. In his statement, Fitzgerald claimed no knowledge of any form of hazing within the football program. He is currently two years into a 10-year, 57 million dollar contract and the potential financial consequences of his termination remain unclear. Had he continued coaching this season, he would have been the fifth longest tenured active coach in FBS football. So I also want to say that I added some of this information about him um, to kind of add some emphasis on why this is such a big deal. I to maybe to people that know about sports. Um, it seems like he has a lengthy resume in this industry, I guess you would call it. I think maybe he's a big deal in sports. He's a big deal in football. And this school is renowned for its sports. But the fact that it's part of this Big Ten Alliance, that's not easy to be a part of. Um so I know I'm minimizing this a little bit and I'm not like thrilled to say what he's done well <laughs> right now, but I think he is in the grand scheme of things. And like in this football sporty space, I think he is a big deal. So do with that what you will. Um, that's, that's kind of what I learned from it. I'm still trying to figure some of these details out as I research this. So this is all happening with the head football coach. And um, a couple days later, July 14th, uh, the baseball coach is fired. So from the New York Times, they put Northwestern University has fired its head baseball coach, Jim Foster, just three days after also terminating its longtime football coach due to a hazing scandal. This move has heightened concerns about a perceived toxic culture within the university's athletics programs. So the university also did not provide a specific reasoning for Foster's dismissal. They, this coach in particular, had only completed one season as the team's head coach. And the athletic director, Derek Gragg, stated that, quote unquote, many factors were considered before reaching this resolution. So that's two coaches out. And here is what I could find on the latest of what's happening. And I think that the New York Times did an incredible job covering all of this. And that's where I got most of my information was pulling from their sources as well. I wanna summarize and kind of tie this all together with what was released on July 28th. They start off by giving this precedent of why this is such a big deal because the school is in the Big 10 Conference. They had just inaugurated this new president that I mentioned earlier. 
and they had plans to start an $800 million renovation to its football stadium. $800 million. Okay, just going to leave it there. So on July 19th, a former Northwestern quarterback, Lloyd Yates, spoke at a news conference and said, we were thrown into a culture where physical, emotional, and sexual abuse were normalized. Even some of our coaches took part in it. I'm going to play a clip from this news conference for you now. When I read the complaint, I was overcome with disappointment, frustration, and shame. No young teenager should have to bear what we did as freshman students. We were conditioned to believe that this behavior was normal, which was sickening and unacceptable. If you're listening and you were a victim of hazing at Northwest University or any other college across America, you are not alone. We stand with you. We hear you. Join this Me Too moment for college sports, and let's make a difference. College reporter Adam Rittenberg was at the news conference and joins us now. Adam, what stood out from Yates' comments? Well, Kevin, Lloyd Yates said that he does not consider even those who perpetrated the hazing uh, to be at fault. He considers them victims, just like he and some of his former teammates are. And they're obviously alleging all of this behavior. And that's why none of the players have been named yet in his lawsuit or even the other lawsuits that were filed last week against Northwestern. He did name a longtime assistant coach, Matt McPherson, as having witnessed some of these hazing incidents. Northwestern has told ESPN that they are looking into McPherson, who, like the other assistant coaches, remains with the program. But Yates essentially saying that, that uh, and his attorneys, that Northwestern is, the, uh, the, is at fault here. It's not the, even the players in the program because they started out being hazed and then they became those who did the hazing later in their careers. Yates played for the team in 2015 through 2018 and comes from a family of prominent black Northwestern alumni a very crucial piece that Yates adds to this concerns money. He said the football team's climate had been especially terrifying for teammates who, without their athletic scholarships, would not have been able to afford a college like Northwestern and who saw fitting in on the team as their quote unquote only ticket to a better life. Further into Yates's complaint, he stated that another coach Matt McPherson witnessed players doing pull-ups while naked. Matt is now under investigation as well. Bringing back old Pat, head football coach, um, he had received that 10-year contract extension in 2021, and he was paid $5.3 million in the university's 2021 fiscal year as per Northwestern's latest federal filing. More than a decade ago, Michigan's attempt to hire Fitzgerald led to a significant increase in Northwestern's spending on athletics. Northwestern mega donor Pat Ryan, there's a lot of Pats in here. Yeah, okay. Uh, this mega donor, Pat Ryan, founder of the global insurance firm Aon, was a major source of these funds. Multiple Northwestern buildings carry his name, including the $270 million 
Ryan Fieldhouse and Walter Athletic Center, in addition to Ryan Field, the football field previously known as Deich Stadium. I hope I'm saying that right. Now, the former athletic director, Jim Phillips, managed numerous of these projects. So projects, I mean, the ones that were um, put together from the money of that mega donor, Pat Ryan, during his tenure at Northwestern. However, this athletic director left Northwestern in 2021 to take on the role of commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, Phillips has been referenced in a minimum of three lawsuits. He released a public statement condemning hazing and denying any allegations, claiming that he ever endorsed or ignored inappropriate behavior against student athletes. In early 2021, a former cheerleader, Hayden Richardson, filed a lawsuit against Northwestern University, alleging sexual harassment. Under the same leadership, a black cheerleader, Erica Carter claimed that black cheerleaders were told to change their hairstyles to achieve a quote-unquote all-American look. Football alumni relayed similar experiences, like I had mentioned before, where the black players were targeted for their personal appearance. The cheerleading coach was fired, and Mike Poliski, a longtime administrator, stepped down shortly after being appointed athletic director. However, Richardson so that former cheerleader whose lawsuit is pending believes broader change is necessary beyond removing a few quote-unquote harmful actors. The similarities between the cheerleaders and football players' experiences have concerned several faculty members with 263 signing a letter demanding that the new football stadium project be halted until the crisis is adequately resolved they also requested the release of the complete internal report on hazing. The university has only provided a two-page summary and called for new accountability structures within the athletics department. That is where we are today. I want to bring this full circle here and note that this has all really started to come to light as of November of last year. Students seem really scared to talk out about this. A lot of them are remaining anonymous because these are active lawsuits that are going on right now. I encourage you, and this is why I really wanted to put this all together because I don't know a lot about football. I haven't been seeing a ton of this or haven't seen it being talked about nearly as much as some of these other more sensationalized cases that go around the internet. Um, I also saw this as a chance to add to the conversation and add my wee little platform <laughs> to the voices because I can't even imagine what this is like to speak out against a university as big as this one. I can't imagine what it's like to lay out these horrible, horrible, violating details of this alleged hazing that is happening at this university. And this is something that you as a listener can keep up with now in the news. And I hope to revisit this as more information comes out, but I also see this as an opportunity for you to consume this news in real time, form your own opinions and find a way to support these victims in this case and stay updated with it. 
stay updated, talk to people about it, question other universities that maybe you are affiliated with, do some deep dives onto other universities that you're thinking, hmm, maybe Northwestern isn't the only one that this is happening at. And think about what this could mean in the coming months and years. Um, this has been dubbed the hashtag me too moment of university life and college sports. This is a huge deal and this is going to change so many lives. And I want you to stay informed and updated about this as it's happening. And I really want to start providing more content that is a little bit more ethical for me to write scripts about and post on the World Wide Web. These are someone's kids. These are college students, 17, 18, 19, 20. And I think one of the most profound statements, and there's many in all of this, um, was from Yates, who had said that he didn't feel like those football players were really the perpetrators here, the ones that were engaging in this football culture. He noted that they too were allegedly hazed as well. And so they just kept this quote unquote tradition going. And they're also victims too. And we don't know all of the details about this. We don't know how far this dates back and we don't know everything just yet. But these are someone's kids this is someone's brother. The cheerleaders are someone's sister. These are kids going to college, trying to get an education. And another big piece of this that was mentioned where there's money tied to this. Money is a huge deal for anyone, but particularly these students who are enrolled in a sports scholarship. And if they don't keep that scholarship, they don't stay. And for them, that that's life-changing for them. I don't know what I would do if I were in this position, but imagine how suffocating that is to be tied down with money. This is your only chance. This is your only chance at changing your life and you come into this and it's a dangerous and violating situation. So thank you for sitting with me through this. This was some heavy, heavy topics to talk about, but again, I really encourage you to stay updated on what happens in this case what happens with Northwestern University. I look forward to covering it in the future to keep you all updated and reach out to people, check in on them. Um, do your own research. I hope that this prompts you to look into other universities and start talking about what happens behind the scenes. Thank you for joining me on That's So Disturbing, a true crime podcast, my true crime podcast. And I look forward to seeing you again. Seeing you? I don't see you. You hear me, whatever. <laughs> All right, bye.